Hey, online family. Hey. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're in a series. It's called This Is Us. Yeah, and what we're doing is we're playing off of a popular TV show right now that's out called This Is Us. And in this show, a death in the past of this family um, really shapes both the individual lives of those in the family and the overall dynamic of the family. And so what we're doing is we're kind of saying, okay, there was a death in our past and also a resurrection of Jesus Christ and how that impacts us both as individuals and how it does shape uh, the dynamic of our church family. That's right. Hey, God bless you. See ya. Well, hey, we're in a series that's called uh, This Is Us. We're talking about, you know, how, you know, it's basically based off a popular TV show, okay? And in this show, somebody dies. And the show goes on and shows how the years following, how that person impacted their life. And we thought, hey, this is the gospel message. Jesus died 2,000 some years ago. His death today impacts our life. You know, that's what I, I, I love about Christianity. One of the things is this, that it's so practical. It's so applied to my life today. You know, I'm sure that Hundreds of years ago, they were saying the same thing, that this, this just applies to my life today in the world that I live. But, you know, I feel like nothing has ever been like today, and it, it applies so much to me and, and how I live life, you know? You know what I mean? You know, it's like, it's so practical, you know? It's not just, well, we come to church on Sunday, and of course, maybe on Christmas Eve for the 5 o'clock service, you know, that might be a time we come to. But no, it's not just coming to church and, you know, doing a duty once a week, but it's it's like getting life and, and seeing how to apply it to our life and how to express it day by day by day. It changes everything. You know, um, some things are so big, they just change everything. That's what this is about. So we're in, a, in uh, Ephesians is what we're going through, and we're up to chapter 5. And we left off in verse 15. I'm going to just read a couple verses from that and uh, see where we go today. Uh, it, in verse 15, it says, See then that you walk, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You want to know what his will is? Well, he goes on, he says, Don't be drunk with wine, in which is, is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. If I go no further, I'll just tell you this today. God's will for you is that you live a life filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, okay? Uh, this is something that, that he wants us to, to live day by day. You know, Dana said this once to me years ago. She said, the thing about Christianity is it's so daily, you know? It's a daily thing. You know, and, and God wants us to daily be filled with the Spirit. And we'll talk more about it. He goes on, he says, Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I'm going to stop with that. You know, first off, I'm going to go back into verse 18. And he says, you know, don't be drunk with wine, in which, in which is dissipation in, in King James Version. I think it says in excess. And, and I want to just say this. What, what Paul is communicating to us is, is just an important truth here. Are you ready for this? What he's saying, I could say it this way. He said, don't be controlled by anything or anyone 
other than God. That's what he's telling us. You know, uh, he's saying don't let other things take the place of what God wants to be in your life. You know, and, and he, he uses wine here because sometimes, you know, wine can have an effect, you know, where, where it maybe brings some peace or some, some joy maybe in, in a person's life. But, but, but if you're using it like that, man, you're, you're using it as a substitute for what God wants to do in your life every day. All right, so some people, some people, TV is that for them. Some people, their cell phone is that. Some people, the social media crowd is, is, is that for them. You know, did I get enough likes on my, my picture that I put up on social media today? Who cares? Let God be that for you. Let him be your comfort. Let him be your peace. Let him be your, your, your acceptance, okay? Um, see, there's a lot of substitutes in the world, but there's nothing like the real thing. Can I tell you a quick story? You know, uh, you know, how should I say this? Where, where Dane and I have our, our counter where we get ready in the morning. You know, you guys got counters where you get ready, you know, bathroom counters. And, and, and I knew this, I, I could see this could happen eventually. I, I, I don't know why I didn't do something before. But I have a toothpaste tube that sits on the counter and, and it sits upside down. It's got a flat bottom, and it, has, it goes up like a tube, you know. And I guess the idea is to keep it all down there where you can squeeze it out easy because it saves many marital problems because some people are squeezing the middle. Some people are roll it from the end. That's something we cover in premarital counseling every time to make sure that we're on the same page with this, you know, which way the toilet paper flips, over, under. These are big things in life. But, you know, we have this tube that, that sits on the counter. And the, the, the odd thing about it, and I don't know why manufacturers do this, but we have a, a hair product tube that looks exactly like the toothpaste tube. And you know how I can be in the morning, you know? Some people get up, they're really Dana. She gets up, man, she's on cue right away. It takes me a couple cups of coffee before I'm really fully functional. And, and, and so I got up just this last week, I think, wasn't it, Dana? And, and I, I go to brush my teeth, and you know what happened. I filled my whole toothbrush with hair product. And, and, and I got that thing right up to my mouth, ready to turn on the, the, the vibrating thing on the toothbrush. And I went, oh, my goodness, what am I, Dana? You know, that call from the bedroom, Dana, what are, like, what's she going to do anyway, you know? How many times can you wash a toothbrush before you feel safe putting it back in your mouth, you know? And you see, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying the exact thing I just said, you know? He's saying this, don't take a substitute. Don't take a substitute, even though it might look the same. Don't take a substitute in your life for what God wants to do. He's the best. He, he, man, he satisfies. He knows how to get into every place in your life and just be God. So we're talking about being full, full of the Spirit. I'm going to read this uh, Honestly, I don't know what translate. I think this is Message Bible. Forgive me. You, the, the media probably knows. Ephesians 5, 18, it says, Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. Don't you like the way it says that? Drink huge draughts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. <laughs> Actually, you drink a few huge draughts of him, you might be singing a drinking song. It's true. It could happen, okay? Uh, he says, uh, 
Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. Frankly, you know, that's one way to get full. You know that? You know, just, just man, yield to the song in your heart. You know, and, and, and I mean, especially in the confines of your home, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of put the brakes on sometimes in Walmart, you know that, you know, I don't want to be a fool. And everybody going, oh, who's that guy over there? He's, he's weird, man. I mean, we don't need to be weird to be full of God. Can I be real with you? When you're really full of God, he don't make you weird. He takes the weirdness out of me, you know. You know, sometimes my flesh can be kind of weird, okay? But God, he doesn't make me weird at all. He makes me full of life. He makes me uh, 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 like a river full of water gushing out to people around me. That's how God is, you know? But, but here's the idea that we're going to go away with today. You know, if we get nothing else, we want to know this. God wants us full of him. He wants us full of him. This is my Christmas message. Merry Christmas. God wants you full. All right? Now, God's idea of full and man's idea of full can be different. You know, uh, I'm not a cereal eater, but we've got company at home, and, and my, my, my youngest daughter likes to eat cereal sometimes. So, you know, what do we do? We bought a box of cereal for her when she comes, you know? My goodness, we get the list. Almond milk, cereal, all this stuff, you know. And, and, but, you know, you get this box of cereal, and it's this way with many things. You get a bag of potato chips. It's the same way. They say they're full, but you open that thing up, and it's three-quarters full. How is that? You know, even, even a bottle of water. I drink, you know, bottles of water sometimes, and you would say they're full, but there's always this much room before the top. You know what I mean? So the world says full is almost to the top, but God says full is not just to the top, but it's overflowing. You're not full, you're not really full, you know, in the God sense until you're full to the top and overflowing. This is God's will for you to be full and overflowing. Sometimes Christians have had the idea that, well, you know what, I'm just going to give it all Give everything, you know, all that I have. I'm just going to pour it out. But God, what he wants to do is pour so much in you that it overflows onto people. I think that's better. I think it's better God's way. So let me give you a few ideas of God full. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and then running over. Do you get the idea here? You know, he took the box of cereal and he shook it down so that, that it all compressed together. And then he says, fill it up again. And he says, don't stop till it's coming off the top and, you know, spilling everywhere. Okay. You know, fill it to the top and then overflow. I mean, that sounds like a mess. But I'll tell you what, God's mess is a good mess. So God's idea full, John 10, 10. The thief doesn't come but for, except for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, a couple other translations here I've got. It says this. Let me see. We got them here. The Williams. It says, I've come for people to have life and have it till it overflows. Have it till it overflows. 
Then the, the translator uh, uh, New Testament says that men may have life and have it in overflowing measure. And then again, the Beck translation says, have life and have it overflowing in them. So again, the translators down the line, as they look at this verse that Jesus said in John 10, 10, where he talks about abundant life, they, they, there's something in the translation that comes out that this life, you're so full of it that you overflow with it. You overflow. Say, hey, I'm overflowing. Now in Acts 6, 8, you go on. It says this, it's Stephen Stephen, you remember Stephen? This is not our pastor Stephen, but, but it's, it's actually spelled with a P-H instead. And, and it, he was one of the, the early church, and, and he was mightily used by God. It says this, that he was full of faith and power, and he did wonders and signs among the people. So it's a good thing to be full. You want to see wonders and signs in your life? Well, here we find that Stephen was full of God. He was full of power. He was full of faith. He was full of God's substance. And it went, he went around and he leaked on people. That's one of the reasons you need to get full daily is because we all leak. You know? It's not enough to get full on Thursday and think, well, I'm good for the week. I'm coming to the weekend. I'm full now. No, it's a daily thing getting full. What is God's idea of full? Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And what, what comes next? My cup runs over. Again, this is God's idea consistently through the word. His idea of full is not just almost to the top, not just to the top, but to the top and overflowing. Then it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I went off on this last week in first service you know, and really the picture of a New Testament Christian is this kind of fullness that we're talking about. And it says that, it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. A New Testament Christian is someone who's so full of God and they're overflowing that everywhere they go, they leave a trail of God. Everywhere they go, there's goodness and mercy. People come into the room, you aren't even there. They go, wow, I'm sensing something. Who, who, who was just here? See, you were just there because you're so full and you're overflowing with God's stuff, overflowing with goodness, overflowing with mercy. The way Paul said it in the New Testament, he said, everywhere I go, I leave a fragrance of triumph that Christ won, okay? We're leaving a trail of Jesus wherever we go. All right, what does fullness look like? I'm not going to turn to these scriptures, but I'm going to give you some references, okay? Can you hang with that? I'll tell you what they are. Mark 5, 25, there's a story where Jesus, he was so full that a woman, we, we, we've called her in times past, we've called her the woman with the issue of blood. Well, she, was, she was suffering with this, this disease. She'd had it, I think it was 12 years, had, had spent all she had, got nothing better. But she said, if I could just reach out and touch him. She reached out. Jesus was walking by in the crowd. She didn't even shake his hand. She reached out and touched his garment. And it says that power came out of him, and she was completely made whole. That's called being full. That's called being full. Now, in Acts 5, 
in verse 15. It talks about the Apostle Peter. This isn't even Jesus. This is one of the disciples, one of the people like you and me. And it says that he was so full. He was so full. God was working with him so mightily that it says that people with great expectancy lined up in the street that if even the shadow of Peter might pass over him, they'd be healed. That's being full. That's called being full. How many want to be full? Acts 19, another one. Acts 19 verses uh, like 11 and 12, I think. Shotgun calling it here. Okay. It says this, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, it says that God did mighty miracles through the hands of the Apostle Paul. So much so that people brought to him handkerchiefs that he would just pray and touch them and they'd bring them to the sick and people that were even demon-possessed. And it says the people were sick got healed and had the people that had trouble with demons got delivered. Overflow, overflow, fullness working in his life. You want to hear one more? Okay, I got two. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 21, there's a prophet named Elisha. And if you remember in, in, in weeks past, we've talked about Elijah and Elisha. Elisha is the, the one that came after Elijah. And he had a, a lot of great miracles that were done. But this is so cool that after Elisha had died, okay, he was buried in a grave. After he had died, he was buried in a grave. They, they, un, they unearthed the grave and they put a, a dead soldier into the grave. And when the soldier hit Elisha's bones, he was resurrected and came back to life. Not Elisha, but the soldier. What are you saying? I'm saying there's so much, so much fullness in him that even his bones, after he had died, carried enough of God to resurrect a dead person. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'd say, hey, wow. Then Ephesians 3.19, it says this. We've, Paul, Paul prayed this. He said that we would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and be filled with the fullness of God. Can you get an idea now why God, or why Paul and, and God too, is praying like this, that we'd have this fullness in our life. And then here a couple chapters later, we just read this in chapter 5, we find out that the will of God for you and I, you know, people get hung up on the will of God. What's the will of God for my life? Who am I going to marry? What's my job? What am I going to do? God's got, you know, he'll show you all those things in time, you know. Follow him. You've got a free will, but you can hear his voice, and he'll give you direction in life. But, but here's the number one thing to start with is this, is just, Get full of God. Every day, get full of God. What's, what's, my, what's my goal today? Well, I'm going to get full of God first. I'm going to get full of Him. I'm going to walk in His presence. I'm going to be aware of Him wherever I go. Staying full of God's Word. Are you with me this morning? Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. We'll read this one. It says, let the word of Christ, how do I stay full? How do I get full? Well, there's a couple ways. I'm not going to say these are the only ways, but I'm going to just give you a couple ways this morning that, that are good ways to jump in. One is you get full of his word. Get full of his word. Spend time with God around his word, okay? Don't make it a drudgery. Don't make it, oh, I've got to read 10 chapters today. I mean, 10 chapters is cool. I've done that before in my life, and there can be great things in that. But more than anything, make it a, a time that you're spending with God around his word. Colossians 3, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. And, you know, this is almost a copy of Ephesians chapter 5 that we just read. But in this one, he says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
Let God's word be in you to such a measure that you overflow with it. Let God's word be in you to such a measure that, that it gives you guidance in life. It directs your steps. You know, we were talking at, at a Bible study this week, and, and there's times when you're walking with God that you, you just almost unconsciously follow his will because you know him so well. You know, it isn't like, well, I've got to spend five hours praying about this decision. What I'm gonna, nothing wrong with that. I've done that before, too. But sometimes you just can walk through life, and you just, you just know his will because it's in you. It's called being full of him. It's called being full of his word. We need to regularly fill on the word and the spirit. A couple verses here, I'll just read them. In Genesis 24, it says, Isaac went out into the field at evening time to meditate. Isn't that cool? He found himself a place at the end of the day where he could go out and hang with God and meditate. You know, maybe your time isn't the end of the day. Maybe you're an early riser. Dana's totally that. You know, she's up, goodness, before I am. We'll say it that way. And, and, that, and her mind is sharp, and that's when she has great times with God. I'm more of a night person. Not that I'm that sharp at night, but, but that's when I hang with God more. Okay? And then, then in Psalm 63, it, the, the writer here says, I remember you on my bed. I relate to that. I meditate on you in the night watches. So end of the day, here he goes at night, early morning, that's cool too. Psalm 119, in verse 11, uh, the, the writer here says, I hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's something about daily taking in his word that helps us walk free from sin. Okay, now this isn't the sin, sin patrol out there like, you know, they're looking the naughty nice list or all that. But sin keeps people in bondage. We sang about that this morning, how, how we can be free. And, and one way is just getting so full of the word that it, it, there's something about it that it gives us power. And it helps us to walk free from, from sin, free from temptations. There's things that we miss when we're full of the word that we don't even notice because we're full of God. Are you, are you out there? All right. Jeremiah 15, 16, one of my favorites. Jeremiah said this. He says, I found your word, O Lord, or your words were found, and I ate them. Don't you like that? He found God's word, and it says he ate them. And it says, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. I like that. Jeremiah said, I found your word, and I ate it. That's the best thing you can do with the word is eat it. Eat it. Get it on the inside of you so that it'll start working through your body. You know, whatever you eat, you become one with, or it becomes one with you. You know, if you spend your whole life eating Twinkies, it'll be evident to people eventually. <laughs> anyway, eat the word. John 15, 7, it says this. Jesus said this. He said, if you abide in me and my words, my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done for you. What he's talking about here is having that abundance, having that fullness, having the word in you such a measure that you have a confidence as you go before the Lord. You have a confidence as you go before in, into life. You have God with you, have him in you. I like the Kenneth Weiss translation of this particular verse. He says, if you maintain a living communion with me, a living communion with me, and my words are at home in you. I command you to ask at once something for yourself. Whatever your heart desires, it'll become yours. I, that just, some of that spoke to me. I knew that verse was out there. It kept ringing in my ears this week, and I thought, where, where is that living communion with me? If you have a living communion with me, it just kept coming to me, and I finally, it dawned on me. That was the least version of that, 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 that verse. But, you know, I, I think about that, that way all the time. I think about it like this, that I have a living connection 
same thing, just just kind of kind of different verbiage. But but he's you know maintaining a living connection with God will do so much for you in every facet of your life. Okay, this isn't just you know pastor talk, church talk. This is living talk. Okay, maintaining that living communion. So another way you stay full is a word that, that, that uh, is used, you know, it's, it's this word called prayer. And, and, you know, don't let the word prayer ever freak you out. Some people it does, some people it doesn't. But prayer is so simple. Prayer is simply talking to God, okay? You know, people have ideas about prayer that, you know, someone has to, you know, this is really what prayer is, you know. You know, hey, that, sometimes I do that. But that ain't all prayer is. You know, sometimes people think prayer is praying in a bunch of these and thous. Well, you know, we can pray for you and you could be delivered from that, okay? But, 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 <laughs> prayer is being you and being you with God, okay? It's just being yourself. It's talking to God, you know? You talk to him. The best way to talk to him is the way you talk to your best friend, you know, and, and, and just, just talk to him about your day. Talk to him about your life. Whatever it is you're going through, bring him on the scene. Talk to him. In Luke 5, 16, it said that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and he prayed. All he's saying here is he got off by himself. He got off by himself so he could talk, so he could pray. You know, there was one woman, uh, I always forget who it was. It was like Mrs. Wesley or somebody who had all these kids, and it didn't seem like there was anywhere she could get alone. And it said, it, I've read this, that she, she would get down on her knees in the kitchen and pull her apron up over her head, and that was her, her lonely place with God. That was alone. That was like none of the kids were there. Or they were there, but she was becoming unaware of them. Do you, do you shut your eyes when you pray? Well, I'd say this, that if you're driving and praying, keep your eyes open, okay? If you're walking in the mountains, keep your eyes open, too. Uh, the, the, the only benefit of closing your eyes when you pray is it can help shut out the world, okay? It can help shut out the distractions around you. But that's not a rule that you have to shut your eyes when you pray, okay? You know, you can have your eyes wide open. In fact, a lot of times I pray when I'm driving in my car. You know, I've had seasons in life where I've had vehicles that had no radios or anything. And, and, and I remember I had this old yellow van that I drove when I went to Raymond and I didn't have anything in it. it you know, I barely had a heater. And, and uh, it, it, it was just the greatest time because it was just my time with God to talk to him and to pray. But, you know, again, eyes open when I prayed there. Um, then another version, the NAS, the New American Standard, he said he would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. So again, you may not have a wilderness. You may, may have an apron to pull over your head. Uh, you know, whatever it is, find places, find times to connect with God because that is a way you can be full. A way is to talk to him. Um, knowing him really does count. It's not, you know, what you know. It's not that you can quote, you know, the New Testament or, or you can quote the Gospel of John or something like that. I mean, that's cool if you can do that. I'm impressed. But I'm telling you, that isn't, you know, really going to take you everywhere you want to go in life. It's not just knowing all these things and facts and, and verses and stuff, but it's knowing God. It's having a relationship, having that connection with him. And in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, uh, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, for this reason, I, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. 
this is what I want to read, the next part. It says, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm pers persuaded he's able to keep uh, what I've committed to him until that day. I, I love that Paul said it that way. He says, I know whom I have believed. You know, wh who are you believing today? You know, are, are you believing God? Do you know this guy that you're, you're, you're trusting with your life? Get to know him. Get so full of him through his word and through prayer that I'm telling you what, there's a confidence that rises up on the inside of you. What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about staying full. Getting full of God, staying full of him. And, and you know, I think really, uh, you might laugh, say this is my Christmas message, but I think it's an important message any day, but especially in a busy season like Christmas. Okay? I mean, we can have so many distractions, you know, in our life right now, but I tell you what, we need to, to, to make sure that we don't make God a distraction, that we focus on Him and we tie into Him. Uh, in Jer a couple quick ones, Jeremiah 33.3 is an invitation to prayer. He says here in Jeremiah 33, he says, call on me and I'll answer you. Call on me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things which you, which you don't know. Um, that's a pretty incredible statement that the Lord is telling us to call on him and he'll answer us. God wants to answer your prayers. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to have this, this fullness about you. You know, I, I, I've told this story before, but um, it's, it, it made such an impact on me and how I pray and how I, I think that I'm, I'm constantly being reminded of it. But uh, Kenneth Hagin was the president of the school that I went to uh, when I went to Bible school. And he was a great man. And, and, and more than anything I would say about him, it wasn't his teachings as much as it was his lifestyle that impressed me. Because one thing I would say about him is he's someone who knew God. And, and uh, he, he pastored, you know, before he went into uh, the ministry I knew him in, uh, he'd pastored for 12 years, and there was a church he pastored where there was a group of ladies that what, what he said is that if you didn't want your prayers answered, don't let them catch wind of it, because they'd pray and they'd get answers. I mean, that sounds kind of weird, because, I mean, who doesn't want their prayers answered? And, and one time, quite some time ago now, uh, the, one of these ladies was at one of the, the, the annual meetings, and, and uh, somebody I know, his name is Doug Jones, he went up to this woman, and he said to her, he says, you know, I've heard stories about you. I've heard stories about your prayer group. And he said, what's different about your prayer group from, say, prayer groups we have today? And the lady didn't even hesitate. And she came back to Doug with this answer. She said, well, today, people will get together for an hour, and they'll spend 45 minutes talking about their, their problems. And then they'll take 15 minutes and try to pray to God. And they, they walk away defeated. And she said, what we would do is we would come together and we'd spend 45 minutes talking about how great God is. Yeah. We'd spend 45 minutes, you know, at least. I mean, they didn't have a timer going. But they'd spend the majority of their time magnifying God. And she said, by the time we got around to praying about any issue, those issues seemed so small because we had made God so big that it was an easy thing to get prayers answered. I like that. Prayer, prayer is a powerful thing. Um, Jesus said too, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
I'll give you rest. And, and um, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle, lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants to get hold together with you and walk through life. So staying full in his words, staying full in his presence. Just a couple things I want to read, and we're, we're winding down right now. But in Acts 3.19, this is a good scripture. It says this, Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Spending time in his presence will not drag you down. It'll refresh you. It'll build you up. God will refresh you in prayer. Being in his presence will bring refreshing to you. Isaiah 40, verse 28, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable, and he gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths faint and are weary, but the young men, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. One more scripture, John 7, 37. It says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out and he said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke this concerning the Spirit who's, who those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Folks, you and I are living in the day Jesus was talking about. When we believe in Christ, when we ask him into our life, into our heart, the Spirit of God is in us to such a measure that he wants to overflow. He wants to gush like a river he wants to affect not only us, but he wants to affect all those around us. That doesn't mean, again, that we get all weird and try to force something up. It just means this, that we become aware of God and his presence. We walk with him, and there's going to be a lingering that follows us. People are going to kind of see the trail that we make in life because there's going to be a trail of God following us everywhere we go. Uh, I'm going to just go on to this. I'm going to read this one last scripture. This is in Isaiah 60. He said this. He says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings the brightness of your rising. You see, the world is dark. We're living in the days of that scripture, too. The world around us is dark, but that ought not bring fear to you, you know, because you, folks, are light. Jesus said you're light. You're light in this world. The Apostle Paul in his writings called us light over and over again. And light, one thing about light is it does its best work in dark places, okay? I'm not telling you to run into all the dark places of the earth, but I'm telling you not to be afraid. I'm telling you that all you got to do is step out in the world and there's darkness around there looking for someone like you to spread the light of Jesus in their path. You with me here? Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that 
and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.